You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question is, how did you come to Christ? We've got a lot of new people around these Ask Dr. Easley parts, which is super fun. This is what people know about you, in my opinion, that you're really smart. You've read a lot. You know a lot of things about the Bible. You're also kind of a smart ass. And that, that, may be, that may be about all, and you're opinionated in a good way. <laughs> but But if people have only heard you from Ask Dr. E, you can always go to Michael Easley Sermons or Michael Easley in Context and hear a whole lot more from Michael. But in 10 minutes or less... How'd you come to know the Lord? Grew up in a devoutly Catholic home. I was the youngest of three. My parents went to daily mass. They're both gone now. They both died, but 62 and a half years. And I doubt they missed 15 Gosh. days. And not weekly. Daily, daily. Daily. And he traveled for a living. And he caught mass in every town he traveled. Wow. So he was a traveling salesman. The first thing he did was pull out the yellow pages, find the church, and go to Mass. They were also very integral in the Catholic Church, very involved in societies like the St. Vincent de Paul Society. So I grew up in that. I went to you know, parochial school. My, my Is that how they grew up? Their parents went to daily Mass too? or I mean, I don't know if it was daily, but it, you know, in the Depression years, the church was really the place you went. Yeah, wow. um, I'm not sure where they started the habit. Good huh. question. So I grew up altar boy, whole nine yards. I served daily Mass, not you know, for years, but for a long time. Yeah. And there was a time in parochial schools when we had daily mass assembly and mass before school each day, and yeah. then it went to weekly. But in the summers, I was an altar boy, and that meant 6.15 a.m. mass. My mom's pulling me by my earlobe, get ready, get dressed, yeah. let's go, start, and you're the altar boy. So had my share. I mean, I was a, you know, typical Catholic kid. It was what you did. I got real involved in drugs in junior high. And so I'm probably between 7th and 8th grade, when I first get introduced to drugs. And then by eighth grade, I'm pretty much a dope head. By ninth grade, I go to all boys parochial school called St. Thomas in Houston. Very long story short, it did not go well my first semester a year there. My dad basically had a, a long, you know, had, had parent teacher night. Yeah. And so we go and it was all boys school. Only the dads went. So I'm sitting on the bench, wow. and my dad commandeers the theology religion professor the entire night. No other parent got to talk to this guy. And I could overhear the heated voices, not the precise conversations. But I had made a low grade, like a D or something, and I wasn't a stupid kid. Steve was straight A's, but you know, I your did old, okay. I, I, was yeah. a, I was a CB student. But anyway, I liked religion as a kid, and I always made A's, and he was just – anyway, it exercised him. Fast forward, we get in the car going home, man a few words. He said, you don't have to go back if you don't want to. I was like, what? And he said, but you have to go to CCD. CCD was Catholic Christian dogma or Christian Catholic dogma. And that was held at the church like a Sunday school class, which Catholic churches don't really have. But it was a class designed for kids who didn't go to parochial school. Uh -huh. Okay. If I can get out of parochial yeah. school and go public, sure, I'm all yeah. in. Yeah. So fast forward, first or second time I go to CCD, green chalkboard, white chalk, John 3.16 is written on the chalkboard, and the teacher, C. Ridley Fontenot, hands out a paperback copy of the Gospel of John, a red paperback book, and we read the story of Nicodemus. Hmm. And I had hair down past my shoulders. I'm sitting in the back. I don't want to be there. There's maybe eight, ten kids in this class. We were all were in the same boat. Our parents were making us go. Mm -hmm. uh, you know how well that works. 
So we read the story and we read the verse and it struck me, Han, I raised my hand and I said, are you saying all I got to do is believe? So, so for, I mean, everyone knows the verse, but for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I said, wait a minute, what about the sacraments? What about going to mass? What about our obligations? What about purgatory? And I don't know, you know, memories, that's a long time ago. If I asked five or 10 questions, I asked a lot of follow-up questions. And his answer continued to be, what does the verse say? And I vividly remember this like change of countenance going, all I have to do is believe in him. And at that moment I was saved. I knew I was, I knew something changed. I knew I was forgiven my sins. My attitude was 180 degrees different. Now I was still a sinful teenager and I had my issues, but there was a remarkable change. At the same time, you were a new creation. Amen. And so I got real Catholic because that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And I, I shadowed Ridley. Ridley would take me around. He did this kind of ministry to the Hispanic community, and I'd go with him. And he gave me books to read. And then by the time I'm in high school and college, I'm in this fork in the road. I meet the first Christian outside the Catholic church I ever knew. I mean, everybody was excited that I was a good Catholic kid now, right? Mm-hmm. My parents especially. Stop doing drugs. Stop. Uh, yep. I did use drugs free subsequent time after I came to Christ, and each of them was worse than the last. (laughs) And the last time I used drugs, I woke up and said, okay, this isn't working. Hmm. I tell the story in length where I say, God, in his kindness, said, I'm going to take that away from you because that's going to plague you if I don't. Hmm. And I didn't go to programs, and God just said, you're done. Wow. And you know me better than you know most people listening. And all my pain management and back surgeries, all the medications at my disposal, I've never abused Hmm. substances Mm. Ever. And that's just, that's a work of God. That's not because I'm self-disciplined. So fast forward, I meet this guy named Danny File and we're backpackers and climbers together. And he was a Christian and he was kind of, (laughs) he was a piece of work. We would spar. We drove to Colorado on a backpacking trip, arguing about creation. And I was a theistic evolution guy, which tells you a little bit about how weird I was as a teenager. That I was right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, I'm reading about, the, uh, you yeah. know, God made evolution. That's how he sure. made man. Sure. And Danny's saying, no, it says right here, God made man in his own image. So Danny was the file, that was his last name, the file that sharpened the bad theology off of me. Interesting. And we and became just another friends. teenage boy. Yep. I mean, two years older than me, but yeah, we were climbers and backpackers yeah. and we both mechanic. We yeah. both like to work on cars. So fast forward, Danny and I end up rooming in college for a year. We get in Bible studies. We argue a lot. I remember we built bunk beds and he put a, one of those lamps you clamp on your table, you know, on his bed. And I go, what are you clamping a light on your bed for? I was like, read my Bible. I went, you mean you read your Bible? Well, Yeah. Let's read it together. Hmm. Okay. So I scrounged around in a box, and I got my old paperback Catholic Bible that I had, and we're reading it. And of course, we can't see each other because, you know, we're in bunk beds. And, I mean, that's not what my translation says, and he's very loving. He's not like, you know, a turkey. Fast forward, he drags me to his church, and I double-dip Catholic church in a Bible church for two years. And the fork in the road came, is the Bible sufficient or is Catholicism correct. Mm, mm -hmm. And I did not make that decision lightly. Mm -mm. I read books, Ludwig van Ock's OTT book on the fundamentals of Catholic dogma. I read books on elementary patrology, meaning the teaching of the church fathers. 
uh, read books Ridley gave me. I talked to priests. My parents were, this wasn't their wheelhouse, obviously. And I traveled. The big culmination was driving down to Dickinson, Texas. There was a priest I knew. And I thought, if any of these guys get it, Father Pat will get it. So I drove down to see him. And I had a legal pad and my Bible. And I had all my questions. And we had a, let's just say, not an argument, but a very active conversation. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying, Michael, you can't read the Bible on your own. The Catholic Church has to interpret the Bible. Mm -hmm. And at one point, he physically put his hand on my Bible and he pushed it away. And he said, Michael, you cannot interpret the Bible apart from the Catholic Church. And I put my hand on it and slid it back in front of me. I said, Pat, before the Catholic Church was, at least <laughs> 4,000 years, do? how do people understand these stories? Yeah. And he said, you can't interpret it on your own. Mm-hmm. And I remember driving back from Dickinson to Nacogdoches, crying, mm-hmm. angry, happy, sad, going, my parents are going to be heartbroken. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to choose to trust God at his word mm-hmm not what the Catholic Church tells me about it, which varied from church to church. Sure. So at the end of the day, key verses like obviously John 3.16, Ephesians 2.8.9 is for by grace you've been saved, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works that no man should boast, which is a real head-scratcher for a Catholic because they think works is part of your salvation sure, package. Sure. Romans 5.8, God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. I didn't have to be a good Catholic to get saved. Hmm. I was a sinner that he died for. Hmm. And the more I studied the Bible, the more it came alive. Now, my theology was far from you know good at that point, but I was learning like yeah. crazy. Yeah. And by my first year in college, I was very involved in Bible studies with guys at the local church we attended in Nacogdoches. Ended up <laughs> almost a parody. I ended up teaching a college Sunday school class at this church uh, across from campus called Grace Bible Church. They should not have let me do it, but I did it. <laughs> and uh, of all things, I was teaching Romans 9, 10, and 11 to about 80-plus oh, college kids, and they came every Sunday. That opened up a trajectory. Okay, mm. I love the Bible. I'm a pretty good student. I like to read. I'm a learner by all these tests that people tell you what you are. I like to learn. And the rest is history. Wow. Well, y'all are sending so many great questions. And now you know a little bit more about the guy who's answering these questions. <laughs> if you've got a question for him, call us, text us, email us. The info's in the show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context ministry. We've got two other podcasts and more biblical resources at michaelincontext.com. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic and music composed by Jason Germain.